we are going to continue in the series, Sensing Our Relationship with God, and we've been looking at our God-given senses in relation and how we relate to our Father God. So far, we've looked at sight, our hearing, and our taste, and today we are going to look at a fourth sense, the sense of touch. Now, touch, of course, is, as all of our senses, very important. It's part of our nervous system. There are nerve endings just about anywhere in our body that helps us to feel pressure or heat, um, different temperatures. And, And part of that is so that we're able to keep ourselves from harm. You know, I, I say many times, you know, I don't really, I don't like pain. But if it weren't for pain, you know, a lot of, we wouldn't realize that we were in bad situations sometimes that we need to get away from. And the sense of touch is also something that is very important to us as humans. Just the, the touching, you know, the holding hands or a hand on the shoulder. Just those kind of things that make that part of our humanity very intimate. And some people we know, we would call them very touchy people that like to hug, like to, um, to, to be near. I married into a family like that. I didn't grow up in a family like that. Even though Jennifer would not be a great example in her family of somebody who really is very touchy. But I, I grew up in this family where we didn't hug very much. We didn't really touch each other much. Uh, and then I met her family later on, and they're all like, ooh, you know, they're really bringing you on in. And it's, so it was a very different experience for me, and I do prefer that. And so I, I now would consider myself to be a more touchy person. There are some people who don't like that at all, who would much rather keep a distance and, and talk to us from possibly even the other side of the room. And that's okay. So it's just good for us to know who those people are. And today, as we look into this, if you were to look into your Bible concordance under the word touch, it might be surprising to you that that when we look at the many references to the word touch, that it comes out to most of the time talking about relationship. And most of the time... And even in that, talking about our relationship with God. So today we are going to spend a little time with that. We're going to be looking at that that word touch from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and then how that pertains to our life today. Most of what we're going to find in the scripture when it comes to touch is going to come back to relationship, either our relationship with God or our relationship with other people. And we're going to look at an Old Testament scripture to begin with, Exodus 19, verses 12 through 13. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain Or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They're to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. Now that's a really uplifting scripture to start with, isn't it? That we when we're talking about touch, but 
But we're, we see here the holiness, this whole, most everything that we look at in the Old Testament when it talks about touch is going to deal with that relationship with God and His holiness. Now, about three months prior to speaking these words to Moses on Mount Sinai, God had brought Israel out of Egypt by His mighty hand. Many miracles had been performed And the most devastating of those miracles was when that angel of death had moved in and if there was a a residence that didn't have the blood on the doorpost, then the firstborn of those families would die. So after that, we saw the parting of the Red Sea and in that same miracle, destruction of one of the greatest armies ever of that day. So... After this, you got the Israelites and they're traveling in the wilderness. We see God miraculously provide for them water and bread. And so now, having come to Mount Sinai, God's about to give them a new type of relationship with Israel. And that is the relationship that comes through the law. And God would say to them, be holy as I am holy. So if we look through the book of Leviticus, we find that the word touch in its many forms is there 28 times. And of that, 23 of those 28 times has to do with this holiness, the word, and the word unclean. So if somebody were to touch a dead body or if there was a leper or other kinds of sickness, this would make somebody unclean. So the important thing about these laws is that they determine whether a person was in proper relationship with God. Deuteronomy 29.9 says, Carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. So the laws were given to the, to the Israelites really that they would be different from the surrounding countries, that they would be set apart, that they might be holy. Even when we look at the temple, the temple was not something to be taken lightly because the common man, the common person was not even able to go in, into the temple or to touch the items of the temple. People were called to be clean, to be pure, and not if there were different things if those people touched that would make them unclean and impure. Even when you look at the Ark of the Covenant that was carrying the very presence of God, if we, we see a, an example in Scripture where someone accidentally touched the Ark of the Covenant and that person immediately died. So the people, when they carried that, had to carry the Ark of the Covenant on those poles. In the New Testament, Paul was speaking about his relationship to Israel in Philippians 3, 5, and 6. He says he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, 
persecuting the church as for the righteousness based on the law, faultless. But Paul wasn't speaking about physical touch here. He was speaking about relationship. He was speaking about intimacy, that, that relationship that he had with the law. And in his conclusion, saying that it made him right with God. In a word, the, old, the saints of the Old Testament were considered clean when they had brought their sacrifices for sin and didn't touch unclean things. So touch, as we look in the scripture, touch is an intimate act and it speaks of relationship. Leviticus 19.2 says, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. So, we look at the Old Testament and we see that it was, it was a very different, thankfully, a very different look at touch than what we get with the New Testament. So, let's look at the New Testament once the New Covenant comes. We're going to start with 2 Corinthians 6.14 and go through verse 18. Paul says, Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God. They will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, in these scriptures, Paul is talking to us about our relationship with other people. And he's telling us not to be yoked together with unbelievers. Maybe most of us have heard that there's a phrase that I've heard so many times, even from younger on, where, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Basically, who we hang around with who we decide to be friends with, it's going to shape who we become. That's why it's so important that we're attentive to the, to the company that we keep. The scripture also says a bad company corrupts our good morals. It will, bad company is going to take us to a bad place. So when we look at different people in the New Testament, whether it was the leper, the woman with the issue of blood, the touch of Jesus not only healed the person physically, but it brought them back into a right relationship with their God, with their families. Because if a person was a leper, because especially back in the scripture here, they they didn't have medications, they didn't have ways to cure this. So a leper was not only physically impaired, but they were cut off from their family. They were cut off from even being able to go into a place of worship. But we also see 
that physical illness part that, that keeps, you know, if somebody is sick, if somebody in our life that we know is very sick, you know, we're going to probably, well, like, maybe stay away from them because we don't, <laughs> we don't want to get it either. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he wasn't afraid of any of that. In the story of the leper, we see he goes over, he addresses the leper while his disciples are you know, making sure that they stay away. He goes over and he touches the man and makes him clean. We've got one more video clip I want to show today. And this, this clip shows, I chose this one because I just think it shows so much about how important the touch of Jesus is in our life. And this is a clip from The Chosen, The Healing of the Woman with the Issue of Blood. Now, before, this clip was too long, and so we had to, we had to narrow it down. What has happened up to this point in the clip is that Jesus is on his way to heal a child that because Jairus had such faith that Jesus would be able to heal his child. And the crowd is gathered in around Jesus. As we see many times in the scripture, this happens when Jesus goes somewhere, the crowd gets around him. And so if you were to watch this full clip, it's, I think, even more powerful. But we'll get it to the place where you're going to see this woman who for 12 years has had this blood disease where she's been bleeding and, and she's just feels terrible. She's tired. She's exhausted. And she just knows she has that faith if she could just get to Jesus. I love the way this is portrayed. Did you see how many times touch was involved in just this one instance of healing? There were people in the crowd, and so much of this, so much of this goes right with the story we see from the Gospels. People in the crowd who were afraid to even be around her because she was ritually unclean. She knew the law. She didn't yet know that Jesus had come to fulfill the law. But she had heard that Jesus healed. And she had faith if she could just not touch him. She didn't want to make him unclean. But if she could just touch the hem of his garment, that she would be made whole. And I love the way that Jesus not only, that's why I love the way this is portrayed, not only did he heal her, but taking that extra time and not being afraid to reach out and touch. And even that touch, you would say that it maybe is a nice touch that he called her daughter. Just so much about that that I love because folks, there are people in our lives every day that need somebody to take the time to reach out and touch. And even if it's not a physical touch, even if, like I said, if they're one of those people, they don't want you to physically touch them, to notice them. So what do we do? Like when we hear today that Sharon has strep throat, and that Neil's been dealing with the, the vertigo. What, what do we do with that? Do we just say, oh, that's too bad. 
Do we take it a step further and do we pray for them? Do we take it a step further and pick up a phone and call them? Have you ever gotten one of those calls when you just felt like nobody else was even aware you were on the map? Remember how good that feels? If you've never had one of those, then I hope you get one today. Because as the body, we need to be willing to touch. Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Another example of touch. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and blessed them. Isn't it appropriate that the way Jimena started today is telling us a story about little Clara preparing the house for people that she is excited to see coming. We started off today with a story, and I don't think Amanda knew that I was going to talk about any of this. started off with a story of that expectancy with that childlike heart. Folks, do we still have that expectancy? Do we still have that expectancy that Jesus is returning? And if we do have that expectancy, then we should be getting things ready. And part of our getting things ready, folks, is we go out and we reach out to people. We're touching folks' lives. It is not enough for us just to receive salvation. It is not enough for us just to know the Word. In fact, James, he says, don't kid yourself. My translation of this, don't kid yourself. It's not enough just to know what this word is, but do what it says. Do what it says. We're commanded not just to know God's law, not to know his word, but to do what it says. So, practical application. The first touch that's the most important touch, I believe, is the touch from our Savior. And it is important that every person has that opportunity. That's why I showed, the, another reason I showed the clip with Sonny Vanad, because he cares so much about the souls of these people in these remote places that you and I would never even think of. Or I shouldn't say you. If it hadn't been for Sonny Vanad, I don't think that I would even be thinking of these people. Maybe, maybe you would. Those people, like the people here in Elgin or in the surrounding towns, need a touch from God. How many people do we walk past every day as we go into Tesco, as we go into the coffee shops, wherever we're going, and in their hearts, they're just wishing someone would notice. 
I didn't plan on mentioning this, so I, I, I don't know the specifics. But I do remember years ago seeing the testimony of a young man who tried to take his life by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, I believe. Is that San Francisco? And he recounts a story. You can look up the video. I think it's on YouTube. And you'll see how many of these facts I get right or wrong. But I do know that I remember him just saying how he was just wishing that somebody would reach out to him. and Because something in his story, even his dad knew something was off the day that he did this. And his dad went to his room and asked the question, is something wrong? And he told him no, and his dad left. But then he was saying how he just wished his dad would come in one more time. And he had to get on a bus to get to the bridge. And he was thinking if somebody on this bus would just just say something, just look at me and say something, then I won't go through with this. He made it all the way to the bridge, and this young couple comes up to him, and they address him, but it was so that he would take a picture of them. And he decided that nobody cares. Nobody cares. And so he jumped. And he's one of the very few people that actually survived that that jump, and now he lived to tell about it. But folks, how many people do we walk by every day that need somebody to reach out and touch? Now, I'm not saying go around touching people. As you go into the stores, you may get hit. But there are people that are needing, they're, they're needing something. Yesterday, as we stopped at Taco Bell in Aberdeen, there was a young lady behind the counter, and she was just so pleasant. And so before we left, it took almost no energy for me to do this. I just walked back up to the counter and said, I just want to tell you that you're, you have such a pleasant personality. It didn't take much effort for me at all. Now, I will tell you, there are times that it would have taken more effort because I used to have such a difficult time talking to people. I, have to, I used to have such a difficult time going up and engaging in a conversation. And there are some times, even today, that my insecurities get the best of me and I shirk away from it. How many times can we touch someone with the goodness of God, with the love of God, and it really doesn't take that much? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so if we believe that verse, we need to make sure that people know of the goodness of Jesus Christ. So three things before we close and hopefully enter into a time of prayer in just a few moments. First, we need to know that there are things that God does want us to abstain from. There are things of, of, that God doesn't want us to touch. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage against your soul. So God tells us 
there, he does want us to withdraw, to abstain from touching sinful desires. All of us who are believers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We may call it our conscience that tells us, but we know if we're considering doing something that we should not do, we know that we should not do it. And we will war against the Spirit on those things. So there are things that God says definitely stay away from. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Folks, we live in a world today where, oh my goodness, there, there are so many different new terms and different definitions just because somebody wants to have whatever their sin choice, they want to have it classified as this is okay. But the scripture calls it sexual immorality. And if we are going to be people who are lovers of God, the scripture tells us stay away from it. It doesn't matter if it's in vogue now or because in this new generation of people that everything is accepted, the Scripture stays the same. In fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Stay away from even the appearance of evil. We don't even have to be doing bad stuff. We just need to be Make sure we stay away from things that look like they're bad. So I think that's why, like, even if you have somebody robbing a bank, the person who's in the car, the getaway car, who didn't go in and hold a gun at anybody, is just as guilty as the people that are in there taking the money. Stay away from even the very appearance of evil. So there are certain things that we should not touch. And secondly... I want us to realize today that God understands what we're going through. Hebrews 4.15 For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize, empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Tempted in every way way. So I understand that to mean that if we're tempted by it, so is Christ. Yet he did not sin. And to me, it is good to know that God came in the form of a human being so that we can know he experienced what we experienced. And finally, as believers in Christ, we can know that we're secure. John 10, verses 28-29 says, I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. Now there are People who will debate this, 
that once we come to Christ, will we always be a follower of Christ? And I think it's very difficult. My, the way I understand Scripture, it's very difficult for a person to fall out of that relationship. I, I do believe that we can choose to do so, but I think it's very difficult. 2 Thessalonians 3, 4, And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things that we command you because of the relationship that we have with God. Not only are we doing His will now, but we'll continue to do His will. This morning, what I'm really, really hoping is that we're going to enter into a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First of all, I want us to think about what this act of touch means. And basically, it comes down to the two relationships, touching God and touching people. And once again, I'm not strictly saying physical touch. It's that connection. Maybe I should say connection with God, connection with people. And maybe even this morning with the people represented here, there are folks in your lives that you might say you've lost touch with. Isn't it interesting how many phrases that we use that? A touch of class, I've lost touch. Maybe there's somebody that you've lost touch with. Maybe it's somebody within your own family. Because I know that for Jennifer and I, you know, we, are, we are praying every night for our children. For the ones in our house, for our adult children. Because we want our kids to love God. They've all heard the truth, and now it's up to them. How are they going to live it out? We want that for our grandkids. We want that for the people that we come in contact with every day. So this morning, one thing. I want us to ask God, who is it in my life, either today or this week, that I need to reach out to? Who is it? And then have a conversation with God about that. And say, God, I'm willing. I am willing to do that. And maybe nobody is in your head yet, but, but God's going to drop that in there. There have been at least a couple of times that I can remember where, where I've been asked to do this, and I would think, there's nobody that I need to go and uh, talk with. There's nobody that I need to go make things right with. And when I ask God, it's like, Phew, it just gets dropped in my spirit. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, are you willing to ask God that this morning? And here's the other thing. Maybe there's somebody even in this room this morning that you'll go pray with, that you'll go pray for. Maybe that you'll just go and say, hey, is there, is there something that I could pray with you about today? Because as believers in Christ, we got to get good at this. we got to get to the place where even if we are in the middle of ASDA, and God prompts us to go over and speak to somebody and say, hey, God just wanted me to come pray for you. Is that okay? That we're going to be all right with that. And I'm, as I say it out loud, I'm speaking to me too. Thank you for 
being here and thank you for opening your hearts to his word and church. This is a loving group of people. And we've got a community here that needs the love of God. We're going to walk past people today that need the love of God. So the question is, will you and I be the ones to share it? And I hope so. One of the things I love about this group of people is the way you hang around after church every Sunday after service and just communicate with each other. That's so much a part of being the body of Christ. I hope today will be no different. If you would like to stay in here and pray, that is great. If you've got something that you would like for Jennifer and I to pray with you about, please come let us know. I hope we get to talk with every one of you before you leave this building today. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, that you love us so much, that you touch us all with your touch of salvation when we ask, you freely give. Thank you that you touch us with joy, that you touch us with healing, you touch us with provision. God, we all need a touch from you in some way. And Lord, today we say, yes, we will go and give that touch to other people. Thank you for your love that pours into us, that flows out of us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.